All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. Uh, we are coming to you live for episode 11. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night, July 12th. We've got the Home Run Derby on right in front of us. That's happening now. And uh, I've got Rob joining us from Tampa as usual. Say what's up, my friend. Hello, hello. So thank you all again for uh, joining us. Please, if you have not already, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Everywhere you listen to your podcast, make sure to rate and review us. Give us a follow on Instagram at 3Majorsports where you can keep up with the show uh, and interact with us as much as you'd like. Tonight we are coming to you for the first time since the NBA Finals started. And you all know how much we love our basketball around here. So we're definitely going to touch on the finals. Uh, we're sitting... On the on two days before uh, Game Four, with Phoenix holding a two-one lead in the series, and all of the home teams having won their home games so far, so we'll jump into that, um, and then we'll do a little bit of baseball talk. So we've got the home run derby, like I said, going on right now. We've got the All Star game going on tomorrow. We'll touch on that. See what major storylines we want to talk about. Um, definitely going to talk about Showtime Otani. Um, and and see how that's going. See, we'll, we'll talk about his performance tonight in the home run derby uh, and everything like that and get us ready for the second half of the season. So with that being said, let's jump right into it. NBA Finals, baby. We just finished game three last night. First game back in Milwaukee and the Bucks showed up. They decided to uh, definitely come and play. Not that they hadn't played the first two games, but they, they made a statement last night. And uh, I think Giannis in particular Still knowing that he's on a bum knee, um, two games in a row, 40-plus points in the finals. It's a very select list of people that have done that. I know Michael Jordan did it several times, um, but that's something. So what do you what are you thinking so far of this series? Let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I was expecting the Bucks to win game three, uh, going back to, to Milwaukee. Um, I think game four, and, you know, none of this is – is like giant news, but I think game four is the most pivotal one. Um, It's always easy to get that emotional boost, your first game back home, especially, you know, in the finals for the first time in 40, 50 years. uh, And to have some boost from that, Um, the Suns were close right up until uh, a couple minutes before halftime. And then uh, I think Milwaukee went on a 10 0 run right before half. And, And that sort of gave them their cushion that they kept the rest of the game. Uh, Giannis, like you said, back-to-back 40-point games, but uh, also ten more than 10 rebounds, uh, which him and two other people that you may or may not have heard of uh, have done in NBA history, and, and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's gone sort of according to plan. Um, I kind of expect Phoenix to, to play a lot better in game four, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee sort of starts out red hot again uh, Phoenix works their way back, and then we have a pretty tight close to game four. So that's sort of what I'm looking at. I, nothing's really been too surprising so far. Yeah, and um, and those first two games at home, I mean, Phoenix scored 118 points in both games, beat Milwaukee 105 and then 108. Um, they had it going on all cylinders in Phoenix. They had the crowd behind them. Uh, everything was going basically perfect. Uh, in that game one, Giannis – um, did all right. He had 20 points and I think like 17 rebounds, right? So he had a, a pretty decent outing. It was not enough. That that game looked a little bit overwhelming from the uh, from the Suns' point of view. 
Booker had 27 that night. Chris Paul started the series off with 32. DeAndre Ayton, 22 and 19. Um, and a plus 13 on the floor. For a kid who was, like, no questions about his offense, but, like, a defensive liability as as recently as last season, like, DeAndre Ayton has really, really no, turned no. everything around. No, no, no. Not not last season. Like, <laughs> yes, three months earlier ago, this bro. season. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, March. Like, we're not talking that long ago. It's uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just – it clicked at the perfect time. It really did. This is – this team has, like – no, no bias or anything at all. But this team has like 06 heat feels to it. Where like there may have been other teams that could have been better, but like everything clicked at the right time. Your superstar got hot at the right time. Uh, Devin Booker's been phenomenal. 27 points in in that game one. The, the dude gets hit in the nose every other play at this point after breaking it last series too, which I'm like, I've never seen somebody get hit so constantly in the face. 31 points in game two. Um, and then game three, I know he had a little bit of a slower night. It was in the twenties, I think. Uh, nope, no, I'm looking at it. Ten. Ten. Okay. Ten. That's a big drop off there in game three. But that, then again, that, was that sort of seems like your margin of victory, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? After they lose that game, one twenty to one ten. He, between him and Chris Paul, uh, they were eleven for twenty eight from the field and two for eleven on threes. Um, five yeah. turnovers between the two of them. That's not going to happen every game. No, so. no, 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 not at all. And um, and it looked like, I mean, they just had, they did have a good run in, up to the second quarter. Like you said, they weren't that far off. Even in the third quarter, uh, Jay Crowder hit a couple of clutch threes back-to-back possessions, and they got him to within like four. It was like 74 to 70, maybe something like that. And then it just, the wheels fell off, and Milwaukee went on another devastating run to finish that whole game on. Um, so game three did have a different feel to it. But they're still trying to get Giannis to the line. He's still not hitting his free throws. Um, I, I halfway wished for his home crowd to count to 10 on him. <laughs> well, but you, see, and, and you know what? It, it seems like he's not hitting. But He hit him in game three. I was going to say he was 13 for 17. He hit him in game I three. I mean, if, if Giannis is going to hit 13 free throws, you're going to win. Yeah. That's, that's just I – I, mean, uh, I can agree with that. I mean – but 11 of 18 in game two. And what did he do in game one? That's the thing. These are, you got to do it on the road. Seven of 12 in game one. Like, you can't give back five free points that you would have otherwise scored had they not fouled you, right? You know that, like, that's going to end up costing you. And it, at home, you're going to get more calls in your favor, right? So you're probably going to shoot more free throws, which he did in this case. He shot way more free throws um, in game three than he had in game two or in game one. He made more as well. That's <laughs> probably got a lot to do with the 16,000 people not counting the 10 in his ear every time he's shooting. But <laughs> he's got a – he's definitely, like, from a superstar from a superstar perspective, man, like, he's he's got to hit some more free throws. Like, too much rides on you, and, and you're too much of a target for them to send to the line to be such a liability, man. Like, it's crazy. But, yeah, but I, I don't see that changing. I, I think the only way that you change that or the only way you get around it is within two minutes of a close game, he's not the main focus of your offense. And that's always where they've struggled is now you've got to count on Middleton against, you know, a a top defense to create his own shot off the dribble uh, with maybe Giannis as the roller or or setting the pick. But then you have to just count on creation from Chris Middleton at the highest level. And and that's where they've struggled. Um, 
How do you feel about Chris Middleton this season, man? Because I mean, specifically the last say like, two weeks, like he he has really looked the superstar part um, since basically Giannis got hurt in that Atlanta series. Like it was the opposite of what happened last year, right? Last year in the bubble, Giannis got hurt, and and Middleton did all right, but the team just like flopped because they had no like I guess real on floor leadership at that point. But um, this year. You know, Giannis goes down, and and Middleton looks like a superstar, and it's just uh, I don't know. I have it's a different feel. I feel like they can maybe rely on him a little bit more confidently this off season. I don't know if they will. I do think that they're going to have to at some point, but um, it's not. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't. I don't laugh it off like I did last season as I saw it happen against the Heat. Yeah, and and a lot of that was because they didn't have a, a competent ball handler to compliment him. Oh, you, you um, mean Eric Bledsoe's not great? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, <coughs> Eric Bledsoe's a great uh, regular season point guard. Um, you know, he's he's not garbage. He's not a bad player. He's not. No, he's not. He's not. He's um, going to get a bad rap because of that play or those playoff performances for basically two years in Milwaukee. But he's all. But um, he's always played like that in the playoffs because yeah, his they, shooting teams really can game in the playoffs. Exactly, teams can game plan for him, and and once you have five, six, seven games against the same guy and you can see his weaknesses, they're going to exploit those time and time again. Um, so even though Drew Holiday hasn't had the best postseason, uh, just having that other competent ball handler who knows what he's doing, who can play, you know, awesome defense yeah. and then run your offense every time, that's – I think that's what's freed up Middleton a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, let's face it. He's scored 20 points a game the last, like, three, four years. He's a max player currently, like literally has a max contract. So, I mean, he's, he's a legitimate star. Uh, he just, you know, he, he was never going to be the second best player on a championship team. He could be a great third best player. Um, We're but talking Holiday here, right? Yep. No, I was talking Middleton. Oh, okay, I think okay. Holiday's their second best player. They didn't, think... trade five, they didn't trade five first round picks for their third best player. I'm sorry. They just, well, no. when you believe that that third best player puts you over the over the championship hump, I can see the the math on there. I mean, nah, no, no. I mean, honestly, their their second best player is Drew Holiday. Their third best player is Chris Middleton. It may be close, but that's the to me at least. I guess I should put it that way. It's opinionated. Yeah, to me at no, least, that's a that's your um, your sort of your hierarchy. Yeah, because just you know. You, you can't just take away a first team all defense uh 20 point per game score like it's just he's he's awesome he's so good <laughs> if there weren't so finals... many awesome guards in the in the nba no, he'd be uh, yeah. all nba every all year. The time right um in these finals so far we've got i mean chris middleton's playing 42 minutes a game he's he's leading the team more than Giannis, more than holiday um Giannis is doing 35 a game and 14 she's monstrous um 19 and 6 for Middleton, uh, 19, 6 and 6, and then 16, 5 and 8 for Drew. So they're basically right there. Like Middleton's giving you a couple more points. Drew's giving you a couple more assists. They're basically rebounding the same. Um, they're playing two minutes apart. Those two guys are tied at the hip right now. And I think, I mean, the success of this team is tied to those two in particular, basically because of everything we just talked about. Uh, yeah. The competent ball handling, um, the better shooting in the playoffs than Eric Bledsoe had ever given this team. Um I think PJ Tucker's got a little bit to do with it too. Just having another body in there, who's got playoff experience, right? He's not—he's not somebody who hasn't been around. Like he can jump right into this team, and and yeah, I haven't shared your experiences, but I've been through this all too, 
with the Rockets and stuff like that. Uh, and just like a tough inside guy to go with Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez is a great big man, but he's not like a great inside playing big man. This guy's got a stroke. He shoots from the outside. You see him going out there. So to have somebody else who you can have in on the paint um, and, and allow Lopez to do the stuff that he does well, which is, you know, get open for threes like that because they're, it's a mismatch out on, on, on the arches. And um, I think this team is – as much as it pains me, like they they can do this. They are they're down to one in the series, but this series is not over by a long shot. And barring again a, a, some sort of injury, um, I don't see why they can't pull this out. But man, I'm rooting for the Suns. I'm I want them to rally the Valley, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's face it. With the the Bucks have had some some pretty crazy offense. Um, in the playoffs, a lot of it has made no sense. Uh, it's it's part of the reason why I, I think even after making it to the finals, that Coach Bud could still possibly get fired because just some of his stuff that he's that he's done and some of the adjustments that he's missed have just been so wacky. Uh, but the one thing they do that's consistent and and probably is tied to Holiday uh, is their defense just saves them time and time again. Um, Game three was a great example where you're holding Devin Booker to, to 10 points uh, on what three for 14 shooting. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's some, that's some pretty great. I mean, they, he was their second biggest plus minus uh, on the, on the court, second biggest loss, Devin Booker. So when, yeah. when you're getting most outscored when Devin Booker's on the court, then you're not going to win many games. So. Yeah, and on that same on that same beat, Drew Holiday wasn't just shutting them down. He was a plus twenty two on during that time, so he was shutting them down, and they were putting up their side of the offense as well. It wasn't uh, it wasn't like a, a you know a plus eight or something like that. Right, right, and what, that was the highest Booker on the Bucks, was, right? Uh, yes, it was. Him and Giannis. Him and Giannis, Giannis, Giannis was 20. a plus twenty, and yeah. he was a plus twenty two, and then yeah. Booker was a minus thirteen along with Paul. Because again, those two are basically tied at the at the waist too, but that works for for Phoenix. Man, this is going to be fun. Game four, like you said, is going to be super super pivotal. Um, I think if Phoenix goes up three one, you know we can we can tie a bow on this. Even if it doesn't happen in five, it might happen in six. At that point, I don't see the Bucks winning three in a row, because for as much as we have talked positively about the Bucks so far, um, I equally think that the Suns are just they're clicking at the right time. Chris Paul wants this, man. You can see when he's out there on the floor. You saw it at the end of the Western Conference Finals when he realized that he's going to the finals. Like, this man wants this. Devin Booker is is a killer out there. Like, this dude is just cold-blooded. Jay Crowder is – I can't say enough good things about Jay Crowder. I wish that uh, the Heat would have succumbed to his demands and, and re-signed this dude because – he just puts his head down. He plays hard. He plays good defense. He hits threes when he needs to. Um, it's just like a solid fifth or sixth guy to have on that team. And he brings the experience of, you know, a journeyman that's been on eight or nine teams already. Been in the playoffs with a bunch of different types of squads. Um, so has seen it all. Uh, so I definitely think the Suns are still in position to win this. But I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for the Bucks to to claim this title. But I'll call it now. I'm sticking with the Suns. I'm going Suns. Suns and six. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would say that. I mean, one of the best parts about the where they find themselves is they don't have to win in Milwaukee. They. They. I mean, and that would be fine. They'd still win the series. I mean, it might. You don't want to go to seven, but. Right. I mean, yeah. You. You don't have to win in Milwaukee. You could just win all your home games and be and be t- uh, champions. Right. Um, also, if it goes down three one, 
besides for that one very, very special time, no one's ever done that. So <laughs> it's, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't foresee Giannis is very good, but he's not LeBron. So right. yeah, if, if the Suns win game four, it's over. We're just, we're, we're done with that. Yep. I, uh, I totally agree. So that's what we've got on the final so far. We will, uh, game four is Wednesday night at nine. So this is Monday, like we said, hopefully, uh, we maybe have a champion to talk about by next episode next week. If not, we'll definitely be talking about a sixth or a seventh game in the series. So stay tuned on that. And uh, sticking to a little bit of basketball <clears throat> and following up on something that we talked about last episode, we were talking about which five guys we wanted to stand out there and basically be awarded a gold medal just because we're American basketball players. And now Team USA is 0-2 in exhibition games, getting owned by the overseas Miami Heat team, Nigeria. And uh, just a couple minutes ago, we found out that they lost to Australia, Australia today. Uh, and Patty, Patty Mills. Mills. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Matthias Teibel and your boy, Matthew Delavadova. Can't stand that fucking guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Hearing his name just brings back fucking awful memories. Um, brings back so, a title for me. I don't, yeah, I'm I don't sure know. This, this is... Yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, okay, so like, am I smashing the panic button right now? We're playing everybody who we'd be playing in the rotation. Uh, Kevin Durant got met at the rim by Precious Achua and sent back like a scrub the other night. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I haven't watched, I'll be honest, I haven't seen anything except for the highlights of these games. But... Um, there's no reason that we should be losing to Nigeria and Australia in Las Vegas. Like, it's not like we had to go anywhere. What are you going to do in Tokyo with the fucking 11 hour time difference or whatever it is? Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you combine a bunch of dudes that were in long, uh, not very fun seasons. You stick them in Las Vegas where they don't have any responsibility other than playing team USA basketball. Um, and then you have them go up against some competition that, let's face it, is basically preseason. It means nothing. So yeah. I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate on the other side here and just say this: this is this is nothing. I mean, granted, you don't want to be losing to these teams, but it, in the scheme of things, it, it literally means nothing. Um, and I also don't think that uh, that Kevin Durant's going to be blocked at the rim many times in actual <laughs> gameplay. I think tonight their their leading scorer was uh, was Dame with twenty two points. Yeah, Dame with twenty. I don't know how many. How many how many playoff games has Dame had where he didn't score thirty? It's it's not going to be very many. So I, I just I'm not too worried about it. Once they get down to business, they'll be fine. They have they're too deep. They have too much talent, and they're uh, I, I think they'll they'll get it together when they need to. Yeah, um, KD had seventeen today against these people. Uh, like you said, Dame with twenty two. My boy Bam Adebayo in 16 minutes had six points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, See, he needs to get his fucking act together. He does need to get his fucking act together. (laughs) Five turnovers from Dame. Like, I'll take that with 22 points in a performance like this. Uh, Jason Tatum, eight points in 26 minutes against Australia. Like, that's not going to cut it. Bradley Beal, 12 and 32. You're right. I mean, okay, I guess we don't need to smash uh, the alarm. No. And you yeah. gotta think that everybody on the other side is like, they're playing all juiced out. This is it's the like game of their that, life. 
Right. It's like the teams that played against the big three and, and shit like that, or the teams that went against those big warriors. Like every night they got everybody's best shot because you know who's on the other side. I mean, Patty Mills yeah. at 22. We know who Patty Mills is. Deva Vadova, 22 minutes, zero points, one rebound, four assists, you fucking scrub. Yeah, he just pissed um, people off for four, for 20 minutes. That's what probably. he does. Tybo with 12 points in 24 minutes. Why can't you do that in the league? That's he didn't cool. have 12 points in the whole playoffs. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um <laughs> So okay, so maybe we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't blast the alarm. They've got no, one man. more. They have one more um, exhibition game. I keep forgetting the word that they're using for this. So they've got one more exhibition game. Uh, I believe it is against Argentina. Yes, Argentina Ooh. tomorrow. Ooh, and they are very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's tomorrow uh, on the NBCSN. If anybody wants to watch tomorrow, being the thirteenth, they can't do that on a podcast. You don't know when. I- you're listening to this. So yeah. on July 13th, there is their <laughs> last exhibition game against Argentina. And then we play our first game in the Olympics on the 25th. So that is uh, at the end of next week. So yeah, about yeah, 13 days away. It's the second or the third full day of comp- second full day of competition of the Olympics. We play our first game. I believe it's against France. So let's see how that goes. Um USA basketball, man. Hopefully, we are raising this. Uh, we're raising these gold medals. I don't want another embarrassment. I don't want to have to have a redeem team. If we can just avoid the concept of getting us the need to redeem something, we can just keep this everybody happy and keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, I, I would agree. I, I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm not worried. And also, at this point, whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Because now there's not going to be fans of the Olympics. I know. Uh, There's talk that it might just get canceled altogether. The whole thing's weird. So, I I mean, yeah. Yeah, It's a a lot going on over there. And obviously, we know it's all COVID-related. And um, hopefully, it does not get canceled again. Or well, it yeah. got postponed. I guess the first. Time. So they're 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 already calling it the 2020 Olympics. Like, please don't remind us about 2020. Just what? Why had, are you even doing that? Because they, they had such a badass logo. You can't go to let that go to waste. The ring well, with the 2020, like that worked absolutely. Per- I felt bad for whoever literally made that design and marketing because, like, the universe just shit on you, dude. Like, that's great, <laughs> and we can't use it because fucking COVID. Right. Well, and you you kept using 2020, and now we're back in 2020. They're getting can't even have a fan there. It's like you're back in the twilight zone. It's it's weird, yeah. Because uh, I mean, the year I know we're not into you're not into soccer here, but the Euros, the European Championship just happened, and it was again supposed to happen last year, but it was postponed. But obviously, because of licensing and all the money, you know, they played Euro 2020 in July of 2021, and nobody batted an eye at it. We called it Euro 2020 all the way through. My God, um, <clears throat> but if if you guys haven't seen this uh, Tokyo 2020 logo, do yourselves a favor. Like, somebody put a lot of time into this, and, man, it is a badass logo. Uh, the rings turn into the two. The last red ring is filled solid like the uh, red sun in, in the Japanese flag. Uh, really, like, solid job. I really do feel bad for these guys that they couldn't use that because somebody put a lot of work into that. Um but yeah, let's let's see how the Olympics go. I I'm a I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of the Olympics for the most part, at least for those two weeks. Right, aside from the basketball and uh, you know the baseball players that we follow and, and stuff like that. But like, 
the track and field stuff. Like, I love watching these guys run 12-second, 100 meters. I'm like, I can't move. I can't drive a car 100 meters in 12 seconds, I don't think. <laughs> and you guys are doing this on foot? This is phenomenal. Um, and I don't know if anybody else knew this, but I was quite the badminton player in high school. And uh, watching badminton in the Olympics is – it shows me that I am – I have no business considering myself any sort of an athlete. Oh uh, my God. Bro, this shit, the, these people, and I mean, specifically like the Asian players from those countries, and I don't know why it's just them. I guess it's, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to go there, but they, they float. Those dudes just like float, like they hang in the air and then they're smashing this thing around. And I'm like, this is not what this look, the sport looked like in high school. Um, what what are you guys playing? <laughs> what steroids are you on? Uh, so it's always fun to see people perform at like the highest levels of all of these sports uh, for two weeks, and then we don't talk about them for four years. It's totally normal, but it's cool. Well, I, and I think that's where some of the goofiness comes from. It's because they're always sports that like no one would care. Like if someone was like, "Hey, you want to go watch Oklahoma and Texas play in badminton?" You'd be like, "That sounds like the worst thing that I'd ever <laughs> want to do with my life." That sounds like you've never seen a competitive badminton match in my in your life. Yeah, it you're is right. entertaining, man. It is entertaining. It's good my times. God. It is good times. What's the oh. What's the little thing that you hit with the racket? What's it called? The shuttlecock. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we used to joke because we had practice cocks and game cocks. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So moving along. Let's talk about America's favorite pastime and uh, this home run derby that's going on right now. We are in the final round currently. Trey Mancini has already batted, and he put up 22 home runs. Pete Alonso set a home run derby record in the first round with 35 home runs. He finds himself in the finals halfway through the round, and he's got three home runs right now. Uh, Trey Mancini plays for the Baltimore Orioles is, I mean, sports does shit like this. This dude is a cancer survivor. He had to sit out of from the sport for a season to go through therapy and, and, uh, and recover. Not only did he live, which alone when you're battling cancer is fucking phenomenal, but he came back and he is performing at major league level in, this is not, a, this was not a charity invite. He got an invite to his home run derby because he's one of the top mashers in the American League this year. I know he's in the 20s in home runs. Um, and it's just a phenomenal story to to have this guy basically, you know, face death and uh, and beat it and come back and come back to do what he loves to do and be successful at it. And he's 40 seconds away from winning this thing. Alonzo's up to 11 and it does not look uh, – he's got 12 now, and he called a timeout. doesn't look like PD is going to do this, the old polar bear. I'm sorry, Douglas. I know you're out there listening. Uh, but it does not <laughs> look like the Mets will claim any trophies here tonight. Ah, fuck the Mets. I laid that one out on a platter for you. So you oh, had to smash it was that fantastic. One. I know. It's been, a few, it. it's been a few weeks since I got to say it, so that was fantastic. <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about this home run derby, man. This is one of, this is one of the few events that can save baseball. Um, they usually do a pretty good job with it. I don't have much of a beef with what they've done today. They have been incorporating technology, uh, you know, for being run by old, stale white people. Major League Baseball does do some pretty cool stuff with their StatCast data and um, 
and just fan interactiveness. So you can go out and download. You could have gone out and downloaded the uh, MLB AR app. And this essentially would put a 3D model of Coors Field on your tabletop in front of you. And as the guys are hitting home runs in the derby, you're getting launch angle, um, launch speed, trajectory. You're seeing where it hits, telling you the distance. Um, right there, like in front of you, you see it on your phone screen and you look up and you can watch the home run get hit and you look down and you see all the data. Stuff like that is really fucking cool. I was using it myself an hour ago. I know I sent you the video so you can check that out. Stuff like that is what is going to help baseball um, avoid irrelevance, which again, we are, we are teetering towards if we're not careful with uh, how we handle this, but things like tonight, like, let me, I'm not going to talk too much more about it. I'll let you give you, give me some, something on, on what you're feeling on this baseball stuff. Uh, I I mean, I, I was, I was enjoying the home run derby. I'd, I'd, and we're gonna get to why we all tuned in. Like I know yeah. you can you can jump into them right now. Like yeah, that was that was the matchup of the night. Right, right. And I, I didn't really. I I thought Soto was a uh, was a very low, and I guess they see them based upon uh, current home run totals. Which if that's mm-hmm. the case, you can't argue with numbers. So that's fine. right. Um, but he clearly is a, a much better hitter than a, someone who has eleven home runs at the at the break. Right. Um, so him and Otani, that was that was it. Like you said, uh, I haven't watched any Angels games this year. I've watched highlights of Otani. Obviously, uh, that dude is legit. And honestly, the the most disappointing thing to me is that we didn't get to start seeing him until he was like twenty three, twenty four. Um, because if he was right. able to be in the majors the last few years, and and putting up the type of numbers that he's putting up now. And having a, a real long career in America, his like all-time stats could be just insane. Um, so yeah, just watching him was was a blast. Even though he lost in the first round, it was still so fun to see. Uh, there was a few that he hit where you're just like, I, I feel like this is gonna go over the roof. Um, and it, yeah, it was just it was awesome. Yeah, um, he he put on a show. Some of those and. Let me. Uh, he started off slow, right? So this with him and Otani. I mean, with Otani and Soto, like you're saying, Soto. I guess you can't argue with numbers, right? Eleven home runs is um, it's kind of what got you seated eighth in this. And yeah, he's ninetieth against... in baseball in home runs. It's like, all right, well, I get it then. Although, yeah. why are you invited if you're ninetieth in home runs? But whatever. Well, I, I I think it might have some. I if I'm not mistaken, Cal Schwarber was going to do this, and so they may have just let him pick team. And, oh, fair I mean, enough. Okay. I don't All think right. so. I don't think Major League Baseball would have been against Soto. But here's where I think that a little bit of creative thinking and a little bit of experimentation can make these events even better and, like, keep the story going. Every year we watch this. And every year we see a great first-round battle and these two guys, like, hammer home runs. And one of them gets eliminated and one of them moves on. And then every year there's that 14-12 matchup that like both guys suck, but one of them's got to win, right? We, I think we should be, if you're going to do this bracket format like they have now with four different matchups, I think if the highest scoring loser has more home runs than the lowest scoring winner, that person should take their spot in the next round. Because if you get to it, like what Otani and Soto did tonight, 
They did 31 and 28 in the first round. That was more than everybody else, I think, except for um, Pete Alonso. Like, Soto and Otani should have both moved on in this tournament and gotten reseeded in there. I think that that's a way to keep the people who are giving you the most exciting performances in, right? And not having to deal with sometimes, like, somebody who sneaks in, like, I think Trevor Story and Joey Gallo was like a 2019 thing, but it was a little, it was not like that was not an exciting round. Um, and Otani Soto was exciting. So having yeah. Otani, and, and then in this case, like you lost the showcase of your, of your event, right? You have him seated number one. He leads the league in, in home runs. He's um, the centerpiece of your all-star game tomorrow. Right. And you lost him in the first round because of something like this. So I think well, why are they like doing head to head in the first place? I think that's that. Like the three-point contest in the NBA All-Star Game, they just they go against a high score, right? And then like the bottom two or three or the bottom that's how it four used to are eliminated. Too. I mean, that's uh, how they, it's. They only started this head-to-head bracket stuff like four or five years ago, I think. It, yeah, it used to be like they're trying eight to outsmart guys go up. I mean, but the thing is that they can market this a week ahead, right? Otani versus Soto. Uh, Pete Alonso, or I mean, honestly, Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story in Coors Field should have been a fucking show, and it kind of was. It was a little disappointing, especially on Gallo's end. That guy does nothing but strike out and hit bombs, and we basically gave you BP, bro. Um, but so whatever. But like, I get this because with with a bracket, you can market a matchup. You can market these two bats who you love seeing are going to go up against each other, and you know. Every, every one of them is going to go out. Everything's do or die, right? You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. It's a very playoff setting type of thing. So I, I can see why they would opt for this bracket style. Um, and again, you can guarantee yourself some names in the second round, right? If you do get a couple – like if you had it the old round, the old way, and you, you know three or your five stars through like duds that night and you're in the second round with <laughs> three of the guys who got charity invites – and nobody that anybody wanted to see. And now you've lost interest in your event in the second round. Right. Whereas this is, this is, I think, a little bit better because you can at least set yourself up for, you know you're going to have one or two names in the second round already just based on, like, you match them up against somebody who you know they're probably going to be. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against this bracket style. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Pete Alonso almost repeated. So Trey what are you talking about? I he turned won. it off. Oh, did he? Pete Alonso won. Yeah. I just turned it off. I thought that was the end of it. It must have been before the extra time. So Pete Alonso repeated as home run champion 2019 and 2021. So he did it in the extra time. Must have. Because I just got an alert a second. Solid. Solid. So, okay. Well, Douglas, congratulations. <laughs> still um, fuck the Mets, but yeah, whatever. Still fuck the Mets. But he did. He hit 23 to Mancini's 22. So Pete Alonso with a 509-foot longest home run. He hit two miles worth of home runs in this round. Um, oh, that might have been the whole game. I mean, I'm sorry, the whole tournament. Or maybe it was just this round. Two miles worth of home runs. That's fucking crazy. No, yeah, that's 10,000 feet. So I don't think that's happening. Okay, so then that was for the whole, for the whole thing. Um, no, man, it's each round. Well, I guess that is true because that'd be twenty home runs. Is yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, he hit, uh, yeah. Okay, there you go. See, look, and then let's see. What do we have? Twenty four and twenty three. Yeah, like Otani had more than Olson and Mancini, more than uh, are the same as Salvador Perez, who actually put up a fight against Alonso. 
more than Story, more than Gallo. Like, there's no reason for Otani to be out after that performance in the first round. Or, like, every year there's somebody who we say the same thing about. So, that's right. Uh, Manfred, look into it. Theo Epstein, let's get some movement on this. Uh, credit <laughs> can be sent to the guys at Three Major Sports. Feel free. Yes, um, perfect. And we'll move on from there. So, yeah. and one more thing we'll touch on before, uh, before we call it a, a wrap here is the actual All-Star game. So, like we mentioned, Shohei Otani is the centerpiece of this All-Star game. He will be leading off for the American League. So, he, uh, he will be the first at-bat of the game. And then he will be the starting pitcher for the American League. In another never-before-done never feat to start and lead off the All-Star game for the team. That is something, man. I'm, I'm honestly hoping for a leadoff home run and a striking out of the side. Like, just... just fucking blow the doors off of this place um i think that that would be awesome he's going to face at minimum uh freddie this is not the starting lineup this is just the starters okay so uh, i don't know who is leading off or who's actually in the starting uh, who's actually like the order but um i'm actually curious as to who he's going to be facing oh okay so tatis is leading off i do remember that uh, let's see. Which, that's awesome. That is awesome. Otani versus Tatis is uh, the first one. Max Muncy is hitting second. Uh, Nolan Arenado is Lee is hitting third. So, at minimum, he will face those three. And then Freddie Freeman is cleaning up for the National League. That is pretty awesome. And then when he goes up to bat, he's going up first. And they're probably going to want to pitch to him because you got Vlad Jr. behind him. Then Bogarts and then Aaron Judge. Um, that American League, that top of that lineup ain't nothing to fuck with. This is listen, man. Scherzer isn't running away from anybody. He'll he'll go after him. Oh, I'm sure he will. And Scherzer Scherzer's great. I I can't wait for Trevor Rogers to get in there and start striking people out left and right. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> we got Reds right in the middle of the lineup with Castellanos and Winker. Those guys, uh, lots of three major sports love to those two guys. Nick Castellanos is a South Florida guy. I think he will. Uh, he went to, he was somewhere up here in Broward. Um, <laughs> can, can we talk about his like comedic um, home run timing? timing? Yeah. Because I mean, it's just incredible at this point. <laughs> what was the first, the first one was like last season, right? Or the season before, no, it was two seasons yeah, ago. Yeah, it, it was, it was Tom Brenneman apologizing for, for like, like a racist comment or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it right? was something terrible. It was racist or sexist or something. It was something awful. And he was basically apologizing, like, knowing that he'll never be on the air again. Yeah. that it was, I'm so very sorry. Castanello's deep to left. Uh, I really apologize for everything. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it's so stupid. This is not as, I mean, this was more somber, I think, but it's not as bad. So this time, well, no, it's still what he did this time. Well, yeah, he what they were they were going over the death of a of a veteran, right? A World War II veteran. Yeah, something like that. And they were they were going through the guy's life, and Castanellas <laughs> hit another home run. The guy had to had to stop halfway through, and Castanellas deep left, and it's out of here. And then he, he said, uh, "There's just really never a good time to do a memorial in the middle of an inning." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that the same guy has done that twice in two years basically is just 
it's hilarious. I, I remember, and I remember the first one because I'm like, man, this guy really fucked up. And then I was like, man, he had to really call a home run for the opposition <laughs> while this happened because that guy was like a Royals, a Royals announcer, right? No, he was the Reds. Was it? A, was it the Reds guy? Yeah, I thought it was a road game. Yeah. For these guys. Oh no, my god, it was the Reds that's guy. phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah. It was so bad. we. We've got uh, the Reds kids right in the middle. JT Romuto, a little ex Marlin love right there, batting seventh for the uh, National League. And then I think the, the I think the surprise of the All Star game. We have two Pittsburgh Pirates starting in the National League All Star lineup. Brian Reynolds playing center field, replacing the injured Ronald Acuna, which we can talk about in a second. And Adam Ugh. Frazier, the surprise second baseman uh, for the Pirates. So that's your um. That's your National League lineup there. It's Tatis, Muncy, Arenado, Freeman, the Reds boys, JT, Reynolds, and Frazier. The the Batten Bucks, we can call them. Um, let's talk about that um, that Acuna thing. Man, that sucks. Uh, I was going to say, there's not much to really talk about. It's just, it's terrible. That sucks for baseball. That sucks. Because that's taking him like, now we're talking about hopefully he can be back all-star break next year. Right, like this is, it's not. Oh, he's he's young enough, so maybe April or May. But that's also like something that you want to push with your cornerstone. No, no, it's not. But there's there's different levels of athletes. Like I'm not I'm not expecting Adrian Peterson, um, but like OBJ, for instance. No, absolutely not. OBJ, for instance, is like eight months removed from a torn ACL, and that dude has been running full speed for like two months. So. It just it just depends on how he how he recovers, but I think that's probably best case scenario is he's ready for the beginning of April or the beginning of May. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> the way it happened, I mean, sucks. I, it was the I had the best outcome for the worst scenario there. I mean, Jazz Chisholm got an inside the park home run off of that hit that he was unable to field and got hurt trying to field. Then Jazz did a very classy thing, which um, Acuna wears like all yellow batting gloves. I think this happened Saturday. So Sunday, Jazz wore those all yellow batting gloves in tribute to to Acuna. So that was cool because there is there's a lot of bad blood right now, or not just right now, over the past couple of seasons between the Braves and the Marlins, um, and him specifically, right? And him specifically, yeah. We 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 tend to hit him a lot. He leans in on the plate. He does. He crowds the fucking plate. It's still no excuse to hit him as much as we do because. Even as much as we play him, the Mets, Phillies, or Nationals do not hit him at the rate that we hit him. So there is something to it. Uh, Pablo Lopez just got tossed last start after one pitch after he hit him. Uh, Pablo Lopez came back yesterday and struck out the first nine Braves that he saw in the game and tied a Major League Baseball record. So suck on that, Braves fans. Um, But... Yeah, there's a lot of bad blood between us, but let me tell you, man, as a Marlins fan, I'm I like the Braves. I, I think they're play- I love Freddie Freeman. I love Ronald Acuna. I think Ozzy Albies is pretty good too. Um, I'm a big fan of those young pitchers that they have. Like, I don't have this animosity towards them. I want to kick their ass, right? I want to be better than them, but it's not like like the like I hate the fucking Jets. If you play for the Jets, I do not like you anymore. Like right. that I don't have that human. animosity, right? Like I don't have that animosity towards the Braves. So this sucks. I don't like seeing this happen. I don't want to. I didn't want to see this happen to baseball in general. Um, but you know, prayers out to Acuna. Hopefully, a speedy recovery, and we can see you back in the outfield for Atlanta early next season. Yeah. Um, so let's see how that goes. And dun, 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 dun. 
that I think wraps us up. We had a little bit of a shorter episode today. We're trying to uh, consider everybody's time management here and, and making sure you all have time to listen to us and still be productive in your day. <laughs> that and it's kind of a slow week because, you know, it's just the All-Star game in the finals right now. Yeah, I was going to say, typically the day after the All-Star game is the only day in the American sports calendar that doesn't have a game of any sport. We're going to have a finals game this year, though. Exactly. So, at least we got that coming. But then, now this whole this whole four days between finals games or three days between finals games. Is, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know when that started because they were there was a day in between in Phoenix. I don't know why we're <laughs> right, doing it was just one day in Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't get it. I, 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 think, I mean, they probably just didn't want to have to compete against the Derby and the All-Star game tomorrow. Like, it's senseless competition. Like you said, there's nothing else happening Wednesday. Uh, that's probably true. So you think there'll only be a day in between? Because do they play again Friday? They let's see. Let's see. Because if they play Saturday, then they're just doing it to be annoying. Man, and Saturday sounds like a better day to have games. Uh, let's see. We've got game three, Wednesday, July 14th, and Saturday, the 17th, and Tuesday, the 20th, and then Thursday, the 22nd, if we go to game seven. So between game six and seven, when you're fighting for your basketball life, you only get one, one day. day off. But one between day. games three and four, you have two days off. And four and five. See, now Adam Silver's a very smart man, so I don't know where he came There's up gotta with There's got to be something to this. There's got to be something to this. What's the, what's the date of the, of the game seven, of the possible game seven? 20th and 22nd. Okay. And the draft is the 23rd. That's always so weird that it's the day after. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's probably why you've got to get it done by that day because you need to have a solid, like, lineup set for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Let's see. Okay. Let's well, see. So, we may, good uh, times. we may have a champ by this time next week. We may not. Uh, let's see. We will catch up with everyone one more time. Also, for anybody who listens this far into the pod, here's a little surprise. We are working on getting a very big guest to to join us, somebody who is known on the national sports talk uh, scene. So don't want to give it away. Also don't want to set myself up for failure here. So we are working on it. No guarantees. But this, uh, this could be a really fun episode for us here at Three Major Sports if we land this gentleman. So we will keep you all up to date. Thank you for listening all the way through. Again, Go ahead and subscribe to our pod, rate and review us, leave a comment, leave questions in the comments. If you want us to answer anything, feel free. Uh, follow us on Instagram at three major sports and enjoy the sports. Everybody all-star game tomorrow, NBA finals. Uh, Rob, say good evening to everyone. Good night. Thank you, good sir. Evening. Appreciate it. All right, sir. Always a pleasure. And we will catch up with everybody next time. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you.